We're putting up new buildings, we're knocking down the old. We're working in the summer heat and in the winter cold. And the labor power we sell, me boys, for a hard and weekly pay. Produces mighty profits for the greedy MBA. And whether we were born here or born in Italy, in Greece, in Spain, or Ireland, in England, or Fiji, we all of us are workers united, we must stand until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our... Welcome to Creatures of the Industry, an ongoing series of oral history interviews with the people who made the building and construction industry in Melbourne and regional Victoria since the 1960s. These podcasts are sponsored by the Concrete Gang in cooperation with Community Radio 3CR. And break a couple of concrete pores to back our log of claims. So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's glass to glass and face to face, our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Our builder's labour is a name to make a man feel proud. And welcome to the Creatures of the Industry, West Australian version. This is Series 3, and uh, this is the final interview, and uh, we're actually going to be talking to a stalwart of the West Australian Industry and the Union, Eddie Stanford. Good morning, Eddie. How are you? Good morning. Very well, thanks. Great stuff. Now... This is a really simple process. We're talking about Western Australia, but you didn't start in Western Australia, did you? No, I started in Sydney uh, in 1971. I was having a drink in the Royal Hotel. We was doing some units at the back of the Royal Hotel in Bondi, and in came uh, Jack Mundy, Joey Owens, Bobby Pringle, and they seen seen us with the working boots on and the gear. They knew we was uh, in the industry. How long have you been here and all that, you know? And I said, oh, a couple of weeks. He said, we want, want to sign you up in the union. I said, done. I said, who do I pay? How much do I pay? They told me. I paid them, and I've been in the union ever since. Uh, I left Sydney in 78, came to WA, and I just transferred... My, my uh, union things over from Sydney. So yeah, I told him I'd been in Sydney, showed him me cards and that. Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, I've been in the union ever since, and I, and I, I believe in it. I believe strongly in it. And the reason I believe strongly in it because I work for some of the biggest grubs in this industry that you've ever seen, where, where you, you sat on cement bags for your smoko in a leaking shed. Uh, the wages was crap to what they was earning. And I mean crap. It was hard to live on them at the time. And so I thought, bugger this. This is, this is not good enough. So I started speaking to the union about some of the conditions we was in. They came out to the smaller jobs. This is in Sydney. I said, Jesus Christ, pigs wouldn't live in these conditions. So why should we? And we 
for the bosses, especially the grubby ones. Well, most of them were grubs anyway. But, and uh, that's how it became about. We got better conditions. Uh, there's no such thing as holiday pay. There's no such thing as site allowance. There's no such thing as, uh, as travelling allowance. They, they thought travelling allowance was a runner in the Melbourne Cup. I'm sure they did, but but anyway, we fought for them things and we got a lot of them. And Jack did a great job. If it wasn't for Jack Mundy, I'll tell you that, the, there'd be none of these old buildings left in the Rocks area of Sydney and the likes. Smashing old buildings, lovely buildings. They'd have them all pulled down and put in plastic ones if they could, these developers, because... It was greedy bastards. That's what they were. But greedy to the... But they didn't want to pay wages or proper wages. They, they I don't know, they, they treat us like as if we was a lot of clowns or idiots or something, you know. But anyway, we fought through it. And uh, we walked off jobs. We walked through concrete pours. Didn't bother me. I loved it, and actually, to just give them the shits as well, you know. Uh, and and that's how it was. And they just wanted to listen to themselves. They didn't want to listen to the membership. They hated us. In fact, they hated us as and, and, and treated us like dogs. Now, but they needed us. Let's talk about what work you did back then. When I first came, well, I was an odd carrier in England. Uh, carried bricks in the odd. So you were a brickies labourer in England. Brickies labourer, yeah. It was uh, they called odd odd carriers over there. They called them brickies labourers in, yeah. in, in in Australia. And, and how uh, long did you spend on the on in the industry in England before you got to Sydney? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, whereabouts in England did you come from? Liverpool. Oh, you're a man after my own heart. The Mighty Reds, or are you an Evertonian? I'm a blue. You're a blue and I'm yeah. a red, but never mind, we're all, we're all BLs together, eh? Now, when you first hit Sydney and you got work as a brickies labourer, what was the sort of building you were working for or were you working for a bricky subby? I was working for a subcontractor, yeah. brick, brick layer subcontractor, and as you know, in, in Sydney, there's loads of units so there was a fair bit of work. The old six packs. Yeah. Three up, three down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to start with a, a fella from, uh, actually he was from the UK himself, a bloke called Tommy Oates. He used to go to Tommy and say, come on, Tommy, a bit more money here. He said, Eddie, I can't. He said, the builder, he said, I'm only getting what the builder's paying me. I said, oh, that's the way it is then, Tommy, is he? Yeah. And like you could, you can't get blood out of a stone. Yeah, everybody knows that. Well, so Bill, he said, "Well, we'll, we'll do something about it, Tommy." He said, and "What's that, Eddie?" I said, eh, "How about uh, we walk off the job every now and again? We'll have Fridays off, and if he wants us in Saturday, we'll come in Saturday and have a barbecue for breakfast, slow it right down, hmm. and see if he'll give us more money or give you more money so you can give us more money." And that's how it was. In terms of Sydney, I never worked in Sydney. I've worked around a, f- a few different places, but Sydney's a, a bit different from other cities. 
were you concentrated in one particular area of Sydney or did you and your, your boss work all over Sydney? No, we're all over. All over? Yeah. So no, you, North Shore, eastern suburbs, western suburbs. Yeah. You know, where everybody could get to work, like, you know. Yeah. So you would have done housing, you would have done commercial, you would have done flats. You, you, you did a combination of work. Well, that was the best thing I ever did. I got out of that with Tommy, and I and I got a start in the city, uh, which which was uh, the conditions were a bit better. Mm. I'm not saying they were superb or brilliant, but they was a bit better, and the money was a bit more, uh, obviously. But there was, there was still no such thing as sight allowances or nothing like that. But mm. the wages was a bit higher on that, on on the high rises. So it's still who, the same kind of work. So who were who were the principal contractors on your first job? Uh, Orny Brooks. Oh, right. Okay. You and I have had the both obviously had the pleasure of working for Horny Brooks. Yeah. Well, I was on the Opera House with them. Yes. Sydney Opera House. Yeah. And how um, long were you on the Opera House? I mean, I've spoken to a lot of blokes who worked on the Opera House. It's a bit like working on the Westgate Bridge. It went on and on and on and on and on and. Uh, how long do you spend on the Opera House? Uh, close to two and a half years. Yeah? Yeah. I was working with a, a bricklayer. It was a big block job more and, and bricks in it. And, uh, yeah. Then they wanted to pull this tree down. Jack wouldn't have it. Mm. As you know, Jack was a greenie. Yep. So I ended up guarding this fucking tree. I sat there, but what they did get, the, the contractor was going to cut the tree down. They said no. We won't cut it down. He, he don't want it cut down. We, but eight hours, he said, we won't come back after hours and cut it down. Mm. But we'll hear before when you start in the morning till you knock off. Yep. And I sat there, made sure, sure that. And I said, Jack, I said, who's paying me wages? He said, don't worry about that. You'll get paid. Mm. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it, but that's the way it was. I enjoyed it, like, you know. Boring, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> but you must admit, you had a beautiful uh, view to look at oh, across yeah. Sydney Harbour. It would have been nice. Yeah. Hopefully the, you were sitting in the sun enjoying it. More the young girls going to work with the mini skirts on. Great, great view, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you on site at the Opera House when Paul Robeson came and actually sang for the workers on the site? Or was that... Or after, it must have been after all. Before. Oh right, yeah, yeah, and because that's a, a famous piece of film, is a famous opera singer coming, uh, a black opera singer coming to the site and actually singing for all the workers on site. And they oh, stopped, I wasn't. I wasn't. And they stopped work uh, to enjoy it. I don't think the uh, builders were all that happy about that, but never mind. Such is life. So like the builders are not happy if you go to the toilet because you're wasting time, as far as they're concerned. Yes, yes uh, things don't change much, do they? Nah. In all the nah. years you've been in the industry, they can never get enough, can they? Nah. So after the Opera House, uh, where'd you go then? What sort of work, what sort of companies did you Oh, we did uh, a lot of housing, especially out in Penrith and yeah. uh, places like that. But over there, they, they, it's different to here. Here, they're all double brick. Yeah. Over there, they're veneers. Yeah. Main, main, mainly veneers. Yeah. 
I mind you, the price of houses in, in Sydney, you couldn't afford a double brick one. <laughs> Though here, I, I, talking to other uh, blokes who started in the industry, they all seem to have, the labourers all seem to have started as brickies labourers. Uh, the sand uh, means the double brick, doesn't it? Yeah, it's uh, the standard of a uh, building was was pretty good. Yeah, I'll give them that. I'll get it, it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's just some of the conditions you worked in mm. uh, as well. You know, we, some you're, you're in a paddock sometimes. Mm. They wouldn't even, the builder wouldn't even supply you planks to put down to push your wheelbarrow on. You get bogged in the yard, and you used to argue about that. And they looked at you as a, uh, st- stupid, like you know, well, what's he want this for? And they they wasn't doing, they wasn't pushing them, the bosses, yeah, pushing the stuff, the bricks and the and, and, and the mud. And, uh, yes, you know? yes, yes. So I I can well sympathise with that because I worked for a concreter one time, and I reckon we were pushing the barrows about. 100 metres, and uh, argument about having something to actually put the, the wheel of the barrow on. And, yeah. And they went and knocked off uh, scaffolders, bloody, from next door. They knocked off the scaffolders' planks, the wooden planks, just to so stop us, bloody whinging, I suppose, but anyway. Yeah. Now, when did you actually decide that, well, Sydney was fine, but, there was another opportunity. What and what? How did it come about that you came to West Australia? Oh, I met I met my wife there, and she was from WA, and uh, we we just decided one day, just shall we pack up and go? Or she said, pack up and go back over to the West. Mm. I said, I'm easy; doesn't bother me. Yeah, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't and you drive me at over. All. You drive over. Oh yeah, oh, and when the nully bar was there, yeah. unsealed. Yes. So you got here, and it took me eight weeks. <laughs> eight weeks. Yeah, we stopped in the Barossa yeah, Valley, yeah. and yep. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. If you're going to have to do the journey, you might as well get uh, something out of it. Ah, oh, yeah, I went around them German wineries and all that, you know. And yeah. it was funny there. We got to one. And there was a little abbot there, and, and he said, nobody's ever drank more than one glass of this wine, he said. Still stood on their feet. And I'm at the front of the queue, and me missus shouting, don't give him a chance, Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you took it. You, you took the chance, yeah. and you, you just kept standing. Well done. Well I d- done. I drank three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it just goes to show you that uh, all that training as a brickies labourer stood you in good stead. Oh, yes. Now, so you got to Perth, and what was the what was the impression, your first impression of the building industry in Perth? And then if you could tell me where you uh, started and who you started with, because... Yeah, well, uh, obviously I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And I lived in... Uh, in Craigie, where I still live now, and I'm, the Craigie Tavern was open, it, not long being built, actually. And I went down there and just looking for, you can tell them when they come in, the brickies and that, and looking for their white boots, because there's always got pull of cement on them, and 
just started talking. Do you need any labour, isn't that? And, yeah, yeah. And I started with him, and then, uh, as I said, I was in the union, and I I just went to the union and said, I've had enough of this. I said, then I'd get a job on the big sites, like, you know. Mm. Yeah. So what was the first big site you worked on in Perth? I was with, uh, from remember, it was uh, Interstruct. Yeah. And it's, I worked on the one in East Perth, what they call Silver City. Mm. And then I went on to, to uh, the one in Fremantle, uh, big job in Fremantle. They did, did, did quite a few jobs. Yeah. Bloke called Bob Williams, he owned it all. Mm. Yeah, and then I just up from there to there and yeah. And I used to see the organisers, talk to the organisers and that, you know. Yeah, yeah, they would try and get you a start here, get you a start there, you know. So what's still a lot was with subbies, brickies and yeah, that yeah. still the same. So you still continued as a brickies labourer, but you would have done other work as well or general labouring work? General labouring, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, you know, the usual. Yeah, cleaning up and, and yeah. Getting rid of the rubbish and, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And your the, rubbish, fir- the rubbish I wanted to get rid of, they sat in offices. <laughs> Carpets on the floor and that, you know. <laughs> now, you've come over from Sydney, you've started work in Perth. What do you reckon the differences were, the good and the bad? Oh, well, I wouldn't say there's that much difference uh, you know, it, it, there's not that much difference, really. So building I mean, work is building work. Build, yeah. Yep. You're still doing the same job anyway, yep. aren't you? Yes, you know? that's right. But sometimes the circumstances differ a little bit. Uh, I would have thought the temperature in Perth would have been a bit more uh, difficult to deal with uh, if you weren't used to it than yes, perhaps it, Sydney. Sydney's very humid. Yeah. Yeah. So did you... Liked the dry heat, or was the humid uh, what you were used to? Oh, humidity's shocking sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, horrible, yeah. So it was actually a, a, a bit of an improvement in the working conditions to actually have a dry heat then. Yeah, well, at least when I came to Perth, we had proper small coal sheds. Hmm. We had proper amenities. Conditions was good. Tea, coffee, milk, sugar. Hmm. In the sheds and uh, air conditioning, aircon, yep. yeah. And uh, this is a, the sixty-four thousand dollar question. The inclement weather clause was enforced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was a great thing they got in the inclement weather one. Yeah. Whereas in Sydney, especially working out of the uh, CBD, uh, every day would have been an argument about inclement weather. I would have thought. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, in, in Sydney as well, when you work for a subby doing houses, mm. you might start work that morning and us pouring down with rain, yeah, we can't pack up, wash up, wash the gear up, we're going. But then you, but you never got paid then. You, they, they, if you work two hours, that's all you got paid for was two hours. At least with these conditions we have now, mm. You go at nine o'clock in the morning, you're still getting paid till three thirty, you're eight yep. hours. Yep. Yeah. So the move to Perth was in your opinion good best thing you did. Yeah, very good, yeah. I enjoy it, me. I, but I'd settle anyway, I'd settle on a barbed wire fence, me. <laughs> <laughs> but 
You're always looking up and looking for something better is oh yeah fair and reasonable. You always want a better. Boss, bosses yeah. never admit that, but it's a, a fair and reasonable ambition in life to look and look at something better. Yeah. At the same time, were there any downsides to working in Perth at that time? Oh, a lot of it. You got the people you work with as well. Yeah. You know, some are right miserable bastards, and 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 there's a lot doesn't even probably want you there. You know, oh, they want their mates there, not you and all that, you know, but yeah, you put up with us anyway. Yeah. So in the, the period since 1978, did you work outside Perth or always yeah, in worked, Perth? I've worked in Parabadu, yeah. uh, Tom Price, Argyle, so you went Gurley. So you went north and you went east. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have so far in these interviews have uh, spoken about Kalgoorlie. How do you find Kalgoorlie? Because that's a, a different world again, isn't it? Oh, I loved it. Mm. Yeah, it's good, yeah. It's good experience, yeah. yeah. The characters you meet up there as well, you know. So let's go back to the 1980s. The resources boom would have been... Well alight at that stage. Oh yeah, we've you know you, you get that you get you get your and then you get your downs like you know. Yeah. So say going to Tom Price and that. This is in the in the days before fly in fly out and all the rest of it. But you went up there. You went yeah, up we, there to a camp. Yeah, we in the camp. We went up there to do block work for Amersley Iron. Yeah, in their mines. Yeah. And we did the housing for them in Paladou. Uh the, the housing we did for the, uh, all the overseas people that have come in, like from uh, mines from other countries in the world, and that you know. And it was, yeah, it was good, yeah. Wet mess. Oh, wet mess, yeah, there wet mess. But we we mainly went to the pubs, the local, yeah. like you know, yeah. or the football clubs. And you lived in the Dongers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, uh, bit more, a bit more sophisticated these days, I would have thought compared to then. But oh, they was, they was pretty good up there was then. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they. And how often did you get home in those days? Oh, we, I used to three weeks, and then yeah. I, I, I come home for a week or eight days. Yeah, you know, but at least we got then we got paid for the day you travelled, travel back and travel up. Yeah. And that was all written into the award, if I remember correctly, because the award at the back was full of all these appendices which set down the conditions of working in precisely those jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would have met a lot of people up there? Oh, there would have been, yeah. And there would have been a lot of blues? Oh, I've seen a few of them up there, <laughs> don't worry about that, yeah, yeah. Yes, and we're actually... For those who are listening, uh, we're actually sitting in a room at the uh, the union's office in uh, Perth and uh, it's called the John Cummins Room and yeah. Johnny Cummins and Jimmy Bacon uh, yeah, I've met Johnny. were, were organisers up in uh, Caratha in the northwest, and uh, That's right, yeah. it was uh, tough for everybody up there and maybe some of the uh, arguments were settled in the car park outside. The, f- the first time I met... Uh, John Cummins was when we built the workers' embassy mm. up at Parliament House. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you went over to Canberra for that? That's oh, no, the embassy here. Oh, the embassy here. The workers' oh, embassy. You. Oh, right, I'm with you. Sorry. Yes. Have you not seen that yet? No, no. Oh, you better see Mick. Get, get yes. up there and have a look at it. Yes, I better see Still that. there, yeah, the brickwork and that. And the eight-hour day and the wall. We got a wall up there, a remembrance wall. I've heard of it, but I, I didn't realise, anyway, I, something I need to follow up on, but that's been there now for, what, 40 oh, years? bloody long time, yeah. 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 And, of course, John's no longer with us, but... Um, that's right, yeah. I was talking to Kevin in another interview, and uh, that's Kevin Reynolds, and uh, he uh, played uh, poker with uh, Norm Gallagher and... Uh, he won. He got John. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you couldn't ask for a better bloke, yeah, could you? Yeah. So your experience up in the northwest, how long did you work up there? I'm, I'm sure you didn't work up there continuously, but... Oh, uh, no. Uh, probably on and off all of... Probably two and a half, three years. Yeah. Yeah. And you would have come and gone a fair bit in the... Different, yeah, different well, projects and that? We worked, uh, when we was in Argyle, with uh, Leighton's was the contractors. Uh, we were doing all the housing, yeah. and they was grubs as well. Yes, uh, Leighton's and I uh, know each other well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, we won't talk about that because this is about you. Yeah. When did you sort of come back to Perth on a more permanent basis? Rather than coming backwards and forwards. Oh, when we, oh, we only went up there to do them jobs. Yeah. And then when it, when it, when that was all finished, then I came back and that was it. And so, then went back. Yeah. So, again, yeah. At, what was that point? What what year was that? Do you remember roughly? Or uh, probably eighty seven, eighty eight. So late eighties. Yeah, late eighties. And when you came back uh, to Perth. What was the, the industry like then? Was there plenty of work or was it... Uh, yeah, the, there was work around, There yeah. was work around, yeah? Because yeah? it's very concentrated. The high-rise work and that's very concentrated in yeah. Perth compared to other cities where it's more spread out. Like Sydney these days is like a series of cities. That's right, yeah. yeah the yeah. CBD next to the Opera House, but then Parramatta and Penrith and, and these places are like their own little cities and they... And people don't often travel between them. No. But uh, Perth, it's very concentrated. So do you, what sort of jobs do you work on in, in Perth? Any of the big oh, ones? Yeah. Or? If you, yeah. Like what? Around Perth. Uh, I, did, I did casual on uh, Roy McIlwain's job on the, the big one, uh, Central Park. Mm. Uh I've done casual on QV1, uh, quite quite a few of the big jobs, yeah. Yeah. So that would have gone on for, what, quite a few years. Did you get, yeah, yeah, yeah did on you get, and off. Yeah, did yeah. you get hit by any downturns in the industry? Did you have to go scratch and looking for work in the suburbs again or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's always downturns in the industry. Yeah. It's, ne- it's, ne- it's never a. No industry runs smooth, I don't think, yeah. all its life. So, how'd you go when it came to the recession in 1990? 
that would have been uh, even more, worse in Perth than maybe in some other states. Yeah, I just scratched along, like, you know, uh, as you do. I, I, like, I, how can I say it? I, I, I was never fussed. I was, I was, if you get the work, you got it. If you couldn't get it, then you signed on the doll. Yeah. You know, and, and that's how it was. And, I mean, doesn't matter how good any union is. Mm. They, they can't create work for everybody. Mm. It's impossible. We live in a capitalist society, and uh, I mean, that means there's a different set of priorities, doesn't it? Yeah. But where the union could get your work, yeah. they, they, they did. Yeah. Uh, maybe um, I was happy sometimes with three days a week, yeah. two days a week, three days a week, because we were still getting good money. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just thinking back to the 80s on the north West and also in Perth and into the 90s. What do you think were the real improvements in the uh, conditions and that for building workers? Does anything stand out in your mind that's saying, geez, that was a good win? That was a real good win? Oh, yeah. There's uh, like uh, holiday pay, yep. which it was unheard of at one time. Mm. That was a good, that's a Great victory. Uh, your conditions like where you rained off or sunned off, you get paid for it. Mm. All them kind of conditions, your site allowances, uh, redundancies, superannuation, which mm. when I first came here, nobody had heard of superannuation, mm. you know, so, and all things like that. And, and your conditions on site. Like you're not know, sitting on cement bags or, and, and fighting over where you're going to sit for your smokers on, on the big jobs. There's plenty of amenities, good amenities, and they're kept clean by nippers, peggies, yep. which I've done that job as well. A lot of people say, oh, I think it's an easy job, but it's not. Not an it's easy an job, job, is it? It's not, yeah. And you can't the, please all the people all the time either, even when right, you're doing yeah. the job properly. And mind you, and you get the, the blokes, some of the blokes are their own worst enemies. I remember on one job I did, I put bins out, black plastic bins on every table, the end of the table, the big bins. You go and all the rubbish should still be on the table with someone, dead set pigs like some of them, you know. Mm. And and I suppose I shouldn't be saying things like that, but I'm saying the truth. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Now, with... <laughs> Things like long service leave and so on. Oh, long, yeah. Now, the portable long service leave, I think, was one of the best things that ever happened because everyone else in permanent employment got long service leave. And in Victoria, we, you got 10, uh, 13 weeks after 15 years. Yeah. Now, you're getting 13 weeks uh, after 10 years that's right, yeah. And you get pro rata after five. And you could go anywhere in Australia and get that employment in that state added to your account back in Victoria. So if I got, as I did, worked in New South Wales, all that time went into the account for Victoria. And when you build up enough time or you're unemployed for a bit longer than you expected, you, could, you could, couldn't get the rock and roll, but you could get your long service leave. I reckon that's one of the uh, the great things. 
and particularly for people who were working for subbies. You're going from subby to subby and all the rest of it, and things can get lost very easily, oh, yeah. including your service. I think personally myself, the best thing that happened in this industry was a union ticket. Yep. Well, in uh, the sort of times we're talking about, you only carried one uh, card, didn't you? You carried the union card. Oh, yeah, card. that was the blue card that I got. <laughs> All the all the colours of the rainbow card, your super, your uh, redundancy, your long service leave, and God knows and what. Plus, plus, your manor materials card, your yeah. scaffolding card, your this yeah. card, whatever. Yeah. yeah, you just carried your union card, and that was that was all you needed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But anyway, life doesn't stay the same, and uh, sometimes the improvements are real improvements, and sometimes. It's a bit of bullshit goes along with it. But anyway. Oh, yeah. So when you're thinking now about the 80s and into the 90s, how did, how did you go through that period? We got, it, we got out of the recession and things started to pick up a bit. How did you go? I went not Personally, I went all right, yeah. Yeah. And you're still you're still getting work in Perth. You didn't have to go to the northwest. Um, no, no, I was still going work here. And sort of any particular builders you worked for over here and multiplex jobs. Ah, yeah, but I, I was and not direct with them. Yeah, but uh, with subbies on their jobs, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, mainly mainly bricklayers. Yeah, and and plasterers. Oh, plasterers as well. Yeah, yeah I worked for plasterers. Yeah. Solid plasterers or wet plastering, yeah. Yep, yep. That's a tougher gig than most people want to talk oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's it's the only trade I know. You put it on the wall and then take it off. <laughs> and it's not easy getting it on the wall. It ain't that bloody easy getting it off either, is it? And mixing it—that's uh, another matter. Yeah, that's our job, yeah. Yeah. Mixing it, giving it to them, and cleaning up after them. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, call these days with plasterboard and that for solid plasterers, except on heritage jobs. Did you work on any of the heritage jobs? No, because I must say that there's some uh, buildings in uh, Perth which uh, the original work was very good, and the restorations have been brilliant. It's, it's a it's a tribute to uh, building workers in this city that the quality of the work. Now, having done a suck up to the uh, building workers of Perth, uh, how long did you keep working for? When did you retire? On my sixty fifth birthday. Yeah, and when was that? Uh, Putting you on the spot uh, now. Uh, nearly fifteen years ago. Nearly fifteen years well, ago. Well, I'm. I'm I'll be 78 in November. Yep. Now, the last few years before you retired, how was the body holding up? Oh, knackered. Knackered, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, I'm feeling it more now as, as, as well. And nobody said because you're not using your strength, you're not using nothing, you know. Now, you said before that you worked as a nipper or a peggy, as particularly in Victoria we yeah. call them peggies. Um, driving that, a hoist, manning materials. Driving the, so, and in Victoria there's this argument constantly about uh, older and, and people with uh, work disabilities 
getting the jobs like Peggy's well, and the hoist drivers and that? Well, I, I would say more gatemen. Right. Yeah. That should be for the older people, yeah. not not the younger ones. Yeah. Uh, Stop go. Yeah, but uh, traffic management and that. Oh, traffic management, yeah, all that, yeah. And uh, I enjoyed driving the forklift. I was a forklift driver with yep. Westfields. Yep. That was my main job on the forklift. Mm. And uh, Has the union been able, over the journey, with your experience, been able to keep those jobs for those people who uh, who have done their time in the industry and... Uh, Maybe need a little bit easier work. Yeah, yeah, yes. I, I, I believe so. Yeah, good, good, because it is it is an increasing industry issue because sixty five ain't retirement no more. It's sixty seven, and it's going to go to seventy in due course. I mean, and, how do you expect a bloke hmm. scaffolding and throwing bricks up, loading out at seventy years of age? Yeah, uh, unless you're super fit, which. It, there's not too many like that, I know. No. Anyway. And it doesn't recognise the service that people have put into the industry. And that's, that's what gets up my nose a bit, to be honest, because yeah. these arguments uh, should have been uh, settled without too much uh, push and shove many years ago. But there has been, to my mind, and I'm probably leading you on a bit here in terms of the response I want, but I'm trying to get a feeling from you as a person who's done it hard as a brickies labourer and the rest. But, but there's something else. Towards the end. There's something else I'd like to point out as yeah. well. What used to hurt me and make me mad on jobs was these young blokes, when they got paid, oh, look, I got a good boss, look how much he's given me. I said, hang on, mate. We fought for that to get you to get that money. He doesn't want to give you that much. Don't worry about that. He hates giving it you. Mm. I said, we've been out on the grass, strikes, sat out for two or three weeks on the grass to get these conditions, what you're enjoying now. I said, there's no such thing as tea, coffee, milk, sugar, and, and that at one time. They, they, they just come into the industry, they thought... Oh, it's been like this all the time, but it hasn't. But they think, oh, I got a good boss. Look, he just gave me nine hundred dollars to take home. Yeah, I said, no, we fought for that. Yeah, well, just a simple little thing which always sits in my mind, and I'm interested in your experience. When I started in the industry and on big jobs, the uh, tea, coffee, milk, sugar, all that. It didn't happen. What you got was oh. you had a peggy in the sheds. There was a um, the, the boiling water. The peggy lifted the lid off, off the urn, whacked a uh, packet of Bushel's tea in it, put the lid back on, and you took it direct, and that's all you got. Yeah. You brought your own sugar, you brought your own coffee, your own milk. milk. Is that yeah. your experience too? It's... And, and and some of the jobs I like as well, they've got canteens on them. Oh, yes. Cheap meals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's, the conditions, oh, it's unbelievable how they've changed over my time anyway, yeah. you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
And, you know, just some of the other areas where I'd be interested in your thoughts is areas like workers' compensation. A lot of people forget about it till it happens to them. Yeah, workers' comp, yeah. Um, I've never had a workers' compensation claim. I don't know about you, but there's plenty of people that I've known over the journey who have suffered long-term injuries and that. Yeah. You, 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 you got through okay. Good on you. Yeah, well, I, when I had an aneurysm, a brain embryo. Yes, yes. Uh, it wasn't workers' comp, but the union looked after me really well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the other things that's probably been a, a worthwhile development across the industry. I know certainly now in Victoria, the... The insurance schemes and that which uh, keep people going when they have a problem and Social Security ain't going to keep them going because that's been destroyed over the journey. I mean, people go, oh, get on the rock and roll. Get on the rock and roll. Stay on the rock and roll. What, 20, so-called 20 interviews a month to prove that you're uh, genuinely unemployed? Yeah. Now, what changes... In the work, have you seen the technological change and just the w- different way things are done? Has it all been good? Has it taken the stress off uh, people's bodies? Like the big jackhammers don't uh, exist in the same way as they used to. Everyone right. used to be on the jackhammers and there wasn't any uh, noise suppression. That's one of the improvements. But how do you reckon things have gone with change? I remember in 1961 we pushed a bar and had a steel wheel on it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Murder, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the HOD is very much, uh, in your experience in England, um, did you ever carry a HOD in Australia? No, there was banned there. Yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. I've carried a HOD on the May Day marches. Yeah. 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 And whoever made that, it made it out of timber, the heaviest timber you could find, I think it was. Jarrah. Well. <laughs> Jesus, if it's full of bricks, you, you never manage it. Yeah. I remember seeing a, um, a story uh, in the Herald Sun newspaper in Melbourne where this bloke in England had the biggest hod in, in the country and he carried... Ah, he, was a, he used to do the roads. The, yeah. The, yeah. And I read he, about him and drove a Rolls Royce and all. Yeah, that. that's right. Yeah, and he carried three or four times as many bricks as any other Bricky's labourer, and everything went well till the day he fell over, and that was it. He lost hey. the Rolls Royce. He did his back. He did the lot. A lot of that was fallacy. Yeah, <laughs> was a good, but it was an anti-union story, and they were happy to push it, weren't they? I mean, a lot of people sort of forget that the in the background. There's all this stuff which is anti-union, but it's not quite in your face, but it's all the time going, the union's bludges, the union's done this, the union's done Oh, yeah, that. it's always uh, blame the union, blame the union, you know. It's, but it's not, uh, Some people don't realise, uh, like the pub I drinking, there's probably eight, ten Good blocks, union blocks, mem- good members, union blocks in there. The rest, uh, mm. yeah, union bastards and all that. You know, you get it. Yeah. Just like water off a duck's back and me, all that with them. Mm. 
But the politics in this state have usually been uh, a bit more anti-union than perhaps some others. Is that oh, your, yeah. Is yeah. that your experience too? Uh, I agree with you, yeah. yeah. It's because there's a, a lot of families here that have been here for a long time and they really have a ruling class attitude, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. A bit more so than maybe some other cities on the East Coast. Anyone you want to mention? Uh, Charles Court would be one, I reckon. He was a bastard. <laughs> uh, oh, the old Court family, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, main, and, 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 and Barnett. Yeah. Oh, he was, if anybody anti-union, they are. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, the court government introduced the, uh, the regulator, the task force. That's right, Before yeah. anyone else in Australia. Did you have any experience of having to put up with them? Oh, yeah. Would you like to tell us about some of the, uh, the fun and games that they brought to sites, which... Uh, well, I... They try to interrogate you in, in things that way. I just tell them to fuck off, leave me alone. Because they were actually had police powers uh, under the legislation, as I understand it. Yeah, but they, I think the way they used to speak to a lot of people, mm. that, that was Nazi powers they had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gestapo powers. Or oh, they thought they did, like, you know. I mean, I don't know if they wanted to do a job like that, but they were made to do the job like that, whether they liked it or not. I, just, I, I suspect, they, though, a few of them enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. They were right bastards, yeah. I, I, I just hated them people. Yeah. I couldn't stand them. And but, so was it a constant problem on the jobs you worked on, or just, just occasionally? Ah, they, Oh, come on, a few jobs I was on, and but, you know, uh, people say, "Oh, the task force are here. These are here. There's plenty of fucking room for them. Mm. Let them walk around and fall in a hole, and hope they fall in a hole or something." But that I, I, I just hated them, mm. uh, and that was it. Mm. Couldn't stand them. Now, in your time, New South Wales, the Northwest, Perth, and so on. Health and safety. A lot spoken about health and safety, but how did you actually find the practice on the ground? Do you reckon things have improved or...? Well, the, the best thing the union did mm. was get nurses on the big jobs. Yep. That was a brilliant move, that was. And, and, and first aid courses, not just for the nurses, but for everybody you know, so I, I mean, you, you couldn't fix a broken arm, but you, you'd have an idea what yeah. to do with, you know, injured and and, and CPR and, and things like that, you know, give them. Yeah, defibrillators, all that. Yeah, and yeah. how to use an, a stretcher properly. Yeah. That was good, yeah. That was a good move by the union to do that. I mean, I think bosses didn't like it when, when you had time off to do it and they had to pay you. But fuck them anyway, yeah. you know. Well, I can think of a few bosses who were very grateful that there were some well-trained first aid attendants on oh, yeah. the job yeah. because when they fell over, 
had a heart yeah. attack or something. They needed help just like anyone else. But, you know, maybe I'm being less than charitable. <laughs> but in terms of health and safety, actually working as a brickies labourer, do you reckon the work's easier these days than it used to be? Is it less dangerous? I mean... Well, you, you make it easier for yourself, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> if you know what you're doing, mm. you know how to make it easier. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 it's your confidence you work with as well. Yeah, that's that's an issue that always comes to my mind, um, having been a scaffolder. You worked in a gang. In a gap, that's it, yeah. And and you work together. You didn't work yeah. against each other. Precisely. It's very hard for, for some people from outside the industry to understand that. And that's the way I learned. Uh, as a scaffolder, you were on the ground and uh, you moved up. You passed up the gear from the ground as a learner, and you then moved up to the second in the line in the chain, and then up on the top. And right, yeah. And yeah. people learnt and looked after each other. You didn't need a piece of paper, but you learnt it. And you, and, and not only that, you listened to the more experienced ones. Yeah. Listen to them. Put you on the right track. You do it this way, mate. Not that way. It's easier to do it this way. And that way you're trying to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So as a brickies labourer, you would have mixed mud, you would have carried bricks, and, up. and you put scaffolds up. Yeah, and clean up after them. Yep. The sc- oh, yeah. It was, it was never ended. Yeah. yeah. With wo- and wooden planks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With concrete on them. Uh, that's a good way to oh, learn. Especially them the brand new planks when they come yeah. in. Yeah. And they've been in, out in the rain for about three months. Yeah. Oh. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, we're, we're talking about the same experience, aren't we? Yeah. Now, one thing that has come out of these conversations, which I've enjoyed, I must say, is one theme that perhaps people outside the industry and maybe younger people today don't quite get. My memory... And my experience is that the best school I ever went to was the Smoko Shed. Yeah. And you, it was it was everyone in together and, I mean, there wasn't much mercy. You, you, you copped the right old bollock and, and oh, yeah. uh, there was plenty of bloody shit thrown around and that. But it was a great place to learn. It was a place to have a laugh. Yeah. It was... It was an institution and it was a learning institution. I reckon it was probably the highlight. And I'm surprised how many people have also in these interviews have mentioned that. Are you of the same view? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, you do, yeah. And listen and learn. Yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, I think some of the best times I've ever had was, and it could get boring waiting for it to be rained off, but we used to do the, uh, the quiz and uh, from the paper and that, and that ended up a, a whole shed just in together and the, and the crack that went on uh, was, was oh, we used past to, the time. The cards would come out, play poker. Yes. Yeah, yeah poker was a bit safer than Manila. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back now over the journey, do you... 
remember it fondly? Do you remember it sort of going, oh, that was good, that was bad? I, I think most people were very happy to have done their time in the industry and, and look back. I really, good, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, like, I, I, I couldn't work in a factory in an enclosed place. Yeah. Like, you know, they, and I just loved the building industry. Yeah. Yeah. You had the crack and you learnt a lot of things from it. Yeah, and yeah, I, I love the arguments with the bosses as well, especially when you beat them. <laughs> That's the attitude. That is the attitude we want to hear. Yeah. Because it, I'm not going to say all bosses are bastards, but bosses are there for a different purpose than workers and That's trade right, unionists. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of contest uh, between... Uh, the workers and their employers is no bad thing because it can be fun, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember any particular episode or ins- issue or incident that just comes to the front of your head every now and then you get a smile on your face and you go, that was good? Do you have any like that? Is there anything that sort of sticks in your mind suddenly every or every now and then and you go, yeah. I was, I was putting a scaffold up one day. Yeah. And the foreman said to me, he said, uh, do it this way, Eddie, you'll do it a lot quicker. And then I said, then do it quick, he'll give me something else to do, won't you? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They've always got suggestions of how you can be more productive yeah. and then they go and sit in the office and talk to their mates and or ring on the ring up their mates on the phone and all the rest of it, yeah. Yes. Now, um, in retirement, you've maintained your relationship with the union. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, for those people who will... See the uh, podcast webpage. You will see that Eddie is looking an absolute treat. He's got all the gear on and uh, he looks sensational. And if you walk around the streets, I don't think there's any doubt about where you uh, your loyalties lie. Does that make you feel proud? It does. Very proud, yeah. Yeah. So how many years would that be now in, in the union? Because you're a retired member and... Close to 50. Yep. And that's not including uh, England either, is it? No. Uh, we're just talking about the Builders Labourers Federation and the CFMEU in, in Australia. Yeah. Started off as a BL, always be a BL. Yeah. And have you ever been back to, to Britain? I never bothered. Never bothered? Nah. Oh. I know where my legions are, they're over here. Good on you. Good comradeship. And is there any anything that you think that the union could do in relation to the retired members that um, is something that's worth discussing and uh, looking to uh, improve things? I think they've, they've, what they've done is 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 very good, and yep. there's no qualms about that at all. And over here, the retired members get together on a 
regular basis. Yeah, we basis. have our own Christmas too, yeah. Yeah. Every year. And catch up with everybody and uh Yeah, yeah. Mind you it's getting less and less every year of obvious reasons, yeah. Yeah. There's still plenty of sad, people. But yep, but there's still plenty of people who don't mind uh a bit of the crack and uh oh, yeah. Have a couple of drinks and the crack gets better, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Eddie, thank you very much indeed. Is there any final thoughts you'd like to pass on to people? or uh, Stay strong, be proud of your union, and just join. Yeah. Don't have no qualms about it, just join. Mm. And you get looked after. Eddie Stanford, thank you very much for your contribution. And uh, for good or bad, when this uh, gets onto the web, people in Liverpool will be able to listen to you. Thanks very much for having me. (laughs) And it's been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to Creatures of the Industry and we are reaching the final, Eddie's the final interview in the West Australian Series 3 uh, of the of the podcast and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure for me. I've really had a great time over here. Some of the people I've interviewed I know and some like Eddie I've met for the first time and uh, if you're from Liverpool, I don't care if you're a red or a blue. It's a great place. I've been there. It's, it's, it was a great place to visit and uh, I must say... It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you too, Eddie. Thank you very much indeed. You have been listening to Creatures of the Industry, an ongoing series of oral history interviews about the building and construction industry in Melbourne and regional Victoria since the 1960s. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And whether we were born here or born in Italy, in Greece, in Spain or Ireland, in England or Fiji, we all of us are workers united, we must stand Until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our land We faced deregistration, it backfired in the face We're not fooled by arbitration, we won't stay in our place We hit the bosses hard and fast to win and keep our gains and break a couple of concrete pours to back our lug of claims. So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's class to class and face to face, our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Our builders' labour is a name to make a man feel proud.